When is competitive advantage ethical? In asking that question, I am of course posing a loaded question because it suggests that competitive advantage starts or potentially is unethical. The genesis of this really starts from understanding the purpose of strategy. Remember that strategy is intended to create meaningful performance differences between your organisation and another and sustain that difference over time. So in this kind of scenario, it implies a degree of zero sum. That is, for your firm to gain, somebody else must be losing out. So that is part of the genesis of the question of whether a competitive advantage is therefore ethical or not. In and of itself, making superior profit is not a bad thing. Profit is not a dirty word. In fact, it is a necessity. Remember that profits are necessary to reward shareholders and, and investors who bear a financial risk in supporting the business. Profits are also necessary to sustain the business and enable reinvestments that have positive spillovers. Having purpose helps them prevent the idea of profiteering and competitive advantage descending into a zero-sum game. Obscene profiteering likely comes at the expense of competition and some failure to reimburse employees, society and so on fairly for the actions of the business, especially when those actions have negative spillovers or direct or indirect negative effects societally or environmentally from the course of the business's processes or activities. So in that sense then, you have to think about straddling profit and purpose because that's necessary for the continued legitimacy of the business. For me, a key part of the dilemma stems from the concept of agency. The separation of ownership and control means that investors have to implant oversight on senior managers to ensure that their interests are aligned. Those incentive structures are typically favouring financial metrics as a pathway to shareholder value, and this is an entirely understandable thing because for the reasons I set out earlier. But increasingly now, we have to think more broadly about the consequences of the business actions, whom it is affecting and how, and whether we can morally explain and defend that in a way that transcends self-interest. If we think about corporate social responsibility, certain aspects of our work are required by society. For example, the business must fulfil economic responsibilities or else it's unsustainable and it cannot support the jobs and the local economy or even the national economy for which it contributes. It also is required to meet its legal responsibilities as also required by society. But increasingly, society expects the firm to contribute towards its ethical responsibilities and increasingly desires philanthropic responsibilities. The point is that over time, I think what we will see is a gravitational pull by which these ethical responsibilities and even philanthropic responsibilities may become absorbed as part of its legal responsibilities. The whole point of this about thinking of not just the ethical position of the company, its corporate social responsibility, but also its purpose, is to understand the point that it's society that grants legitimacy and power to business. So in the long run then, its survival in part is necessitated by the need to sustain legitimacy. That is, it has to be legitimate in what it does in the eyes of society and consumers, or else customers, suppliers, businesses, regulators will not wish to trade or deal with the business. 
As a thought, this of course means that we have to understand the costs, the externalised costs that are generated by the business, for example environmental pollution, health damaging effects, stress created on employees, etc. etc. But there is another point here, we need to think about some of the distributional costs because, for example, in supply chains, the more we uh, outsource parts of our supply chains, it may be that we are not directly responsible for some um, social problem, but it may be that our suppliers are, and as part of our stakeholder network, that means that we may be partly responsible for that. We've seen that over the years, for example, with how technology firms have been berated for the practices of some of the companies in their supply chains. So in practice, then, what this may mean is a shift from the shareholder view towards more of a stakeholder view. Stakeholder view, of course, encompasses any individual or organization or group in society that is in some way influenced or affected by the actions of our business or a set of groups that have a bearing on our business. It works in both directions. This can, of course, include owners and shareholders. It can also involve activist groups, not just activist shareholders, but lobby groups, pressure groups, political groups, suppliers, customers, employees, unions, competitors even. All of these are stakeholders of the business. The classic shareholder view, of course, concentrates primarily on profitability over responsibility and that is part of the argument as to where something like competitive advantage may become a zero-sum game. On the other hand, a stakeholder view takes more of an emphasis on responsibility first over profitability. But I also don't think it's that straightforward. You could look at the shareholder value and think fundamentally it's quite driven by self-interest and you're only focus is to serve the shareholder as your primary stakeholder. But looking at the stakeholder view, it's easy to then think, well, we have a group of stakeholders and we're going to do our best to meet the needs of those stakeholders and treat them in an ethical and fair fashion. But the reality is that each of those stakeholder groups will then be lobbying for more attention and lobbying for more service from your organization. So in ir the irony here is that those stakeholder groups are actually in competition with each other. But I think there is a degree of fairness to say that we do need to look much further at the stakeholders involved in the business and not just shareholders. And the point about that is, of course, is that the stakeholders in many instances are one of the ones directly affected in many ways by the actions of our business and in ways that go beyond the financial, so for example ethical and moral and economic and also environmental. So the way I'd like to close off my thoughts here is just to think again about the fact that strategy ultimately seeks to create meaningful performance differences between your organization and another, differences that are ultimately in your favor. But these need not descend into a zero-sum game in which one gains, another one has to lose. Good strategy can create and grow new markets in truly novel ways, and these can advance our economies, advance our society, and can advance our well-being. But there are costs to society as well. The degree to which, as businesses and strategists, we should account for these costs and attend to them is more than just a matter of personal concern now. Increasingly, it is a required expectation, and that pressure is not just coming from society, it's coming from lobby groups and pressure groups, but also increasingly now political parties and also regulators and governments. 
So in this sense, good CSR, good corporate social responsibility, good governance, and just generally good intentions and good practice are not incompatible with the idea of both being good strategy, but also being entrepreneurial.